Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 186, air date October 20th, 2017. Anyway, I want to uh, welcome everyone for coming to the VFW here in uh, Brewster. I know it took a lot of effort for everyone to come out here. Uh, there's a number of the veterans out there who are very, very kind enough to host us here. You know, we decided to literally do this, I think, about a week, a week and a half ago. Uh, it was very difficult for us to even get the lodge. The veterans were very gracious. Um, Dr. Kishore drove down here almost three hours, secured the place. We're very, very thankful uh, to the VFW. Uh, some of you may know uh, on September 17th uh, marked the 230th anniversary of the U.S. Constitution. I don't know if you're aware of that. It was, uh, you know, Trump talked about it, but it was uh, 230 years in 1787 uh, when the Constitution was really brought together in America. Um, the reason we're here, and I'm very, very happy for all of you coming here, is because I think many of us as citizens, as people of this country, and I know for me, coming from India as an immigrant, I really value the virtues of America. And the Constitution, in many ways, embeds the virtues of the founders. And the founders of this country, when you really look at that document, it was a visionary document. It put in place a foundation for each one of us uh, to express our freedom, our innovation, our creativity. The founders believe that between us and our creator, there should be nothing between that, and we should have the full expression uh, of life. And so that's what the Constitution embodied. One of the important elements of that Constitution is the First Amendment. And uh, many of you know on August 19, 2017, which is about uh, three weeks ago, myself and 40 other American citizens uh, took to the Parkman Bandstand, which is in the center of the Boston Common, to defend the First Amendment. Some of you may have heard of this. Uh, unfortunately, the mainstream media and the news characterized that entire event as a Nazi and white supremacist event. In fact, I was called a Nazi and white supremacist. Uh, fortunately, we had a video that came out, uh, which is up on the internet, where I actually share what I actually spoke about. Unfortunately, again, people like Charlie Baker, you know, establishment Republican, a Democrat like Marty Walsh, made sure that no one could actually hear us. Uh, the, the purpose of that rally was in the Parkman bandstand, we had a permit for 100, unfortunately, but anyway, regardless, people were supposed to be able to come and hear us, including the press. Uh, when we went there, they had created two barriers, so and only 50 of us were allowed into the Parkman bandstand, and it was almost a football field away uh, where people could even not hear us. Um, and the talk I shared at the Parkman Bandstand was nothing about uh, white supremacy or Nazism, any of that. In fact, what I talked about was the fact that we have a situation in America right now that career politicians actually uh, profit from dividing us. They create race war in many ways. And so they can distract from the real issues that we as people need to deal with. One of those issues we talked about was because many people were attacking me prior to this event because it had been characterized as a white supremacist event, saying, Shiva, why are you speaking on the stage with these quote-unquote white supremacists? And what I talked about in my talk there was I said no one ever asked that question why a person gets on the stage with Hillary Clinton, for example. Now, let's not forget she's the one who called black children super predators, right? No one ever asks that to Jimmy Carter who said that we need ethnically pure neighborhoods. 
No one ever asked that of Joe Biden, who said that the reason that he was voting for Obama was because he was the first uh, clean and articulate black man. So, it, so I talked about the fact how free speech is being dictated by a few set of academic elites who have narrowed, for in this case, white supremacy to mean those people wear the pillowcases and the swastika, which, by the way, is an Indian symbol. It's, a, it's an, another point of fact. Um, and I talked about in that speech that we're at a point in American history where academic elites who actually don't really practice free speech themselves, meaning we talked about how, for example, if you look at Monsanto, uh, one of the most evil corporations which has polluted single-handedly the soil of this country, um, no academic will ever speak out against them because it's pay-to-play science right now. Uh, we've done research which showed that the, the GMOs that Monsanto creates has no safety assessment standards, but no scientist in any major institution speaks out against them because their speech is controlled by where they get their federal funding. That's what we talked about at the Boston Free Speech Rally. And I ended it um, by having everyone say, love, 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 that let's come together as Americans. That's what the Boston Free Speech Rally was. And meanwhile, we had 40,000 people, counter-protesters, who were egged on by the establishment, Democrats and Republicans, because after Charlottesville, they wanted to characterize that, too, as a white supremacist racist rally, because we know what politicians are all about. They get on bandwagons when it's convenient for them to pander to get votes. So that's what happened on August 19th. And uh, when I left, you know, we were surrounded by, as Antifa people came, um, and we, uh, and the 40 of others, really, in many ways, risked our lives out there, and the police. It was basically us and the police against these 40,000 counter-protesters who were egged on by the career politicians. That's what occurred on August 19, 2070. Uh, the videos are out there. The reason we decided to do this was several months before that event took place, I was actually asked by the Harwich Republican Town Committee and the Cape Cod Republican Club, one of the most elite clubs, as many of you know, within the Republican establishment to come out here and speak, which was supposed to be today at around 5 p.m., interesting enough, right across Freeman's Way, interesting road, Freeman's Way, over right over there in the captain's golf course. I was asked to do that. And in fact, four months uh, before that, I actually spoke at the Cape Cod Republican Club to some of the very elite Republicans in the community. I got a standing ovation. People loved my candidacy. So two weeks ago, though, however, we got a text message sent to my communications director, Ron Megna, uh, which said that we are disinviting uh, Dr. Shiva to our club because we have fear of reprisals from Antifa and Black Lives Matter, BLM. Now, what's interesting is I had already done some Republican town committees out in um, Brockton, uh, Gloucester, other places before this. So in my view, I find this hypocritical because if you look at this place, you know, and the veterans here uh, who come here and veterans all across this country, they're the ones who fought. And by the way, these were primarily a lot of poor people, poor blacks, poor whites, uh, people of color who went and fought in many, many countries to protect our rights. Am I right? To protect the right of the Constitution, the Second Amendment, etc. And what's really interesting, those people across the street who disinvited us, they're the same people who profit from war. They're the ones, they drape the red, white, and blue, they become extremely patriotic when it's convenient for them to go fight wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever it is, Libya, to send our uh, young men and women. But 
here in their own backyards, when it comes to defend something as simple as free speech, they back away and they cower. I find that absolutely hypocritical. It's anti-American in my view, as I shared in the email I sent out. So I'm really pleased that you, know, you guys came out here because it takes a commitment. And, and I think what's occurring across this country is that people are getting more and more attuned to the fact that career politicians, they're a political class that cares nothing about the First Amendment. They care nothing about the Second Amendment. They go with the wind. And that's what happened in Boston. The politicians watched what happened in Charlottesville. The rally in, uh, in, in the Boston Free Speech rally was decided, we decided to do that back in June. But when they saw Charlottesville, they immediately got on the gang, uh, on the bandwagon and also characterized that as a Nazi event. And that's what politicians do. They cannot be trusted. But I think what's fascinating is uh, Donald Trump's winning, whether you like him or not, in my view, was a necessary disruption to what, with career politicians. And it's made it o an opening for people like me who don't really need to do this. You know, I'm an inventor, a scientist, and an entrepreneur. I came here as an immigrant to actually decide to run, to put myself out there. And I know for all of you who've come here, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for all of us to start taking back our country. And so I want to really appreciate everyone for coming, but the main reason we're here today is to honor, and we decided fortuitously do it at the Veterans Club, is for those people who actually fought for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment. You go down the list because they are the real Americans who risk their lives, not those people across the street who go as the wind blows. So I want to thank everyone for coming. Maybe we'll take some questions if people have some. Thank you.